2 Corinthians chapter 8, <clears throat> verses 1 through 15, and the scriptures read, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. I want to reread that really quickly. I want you guys to actually just, just read with me. For in a severe test of affliction, say affliction. affliction. Their abundance of joy, say joy. joy. And their extreme poverty. poverty. Say poverty, you guys. Listen, come on. We're a holla back church. Have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Say wealth of generosity. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. We continue, it says, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And in this matter, I give my judgment this benefits you who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. And I, I, I want you guys to, to repeat after me with this. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. And just repeat with me, for if the readiness is there. I want you guys to just, just hold on to that statement. And For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their needs so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Can, can you guys help me in praying? Don't just bow our heads really quickly. <clears throat> Daddy, I, I thank you. God, I just I thank you for what you're doing here. I, I thank you for the lives that you're going to touch. And, and I thank you for trusting me with such a word, God. I just thank you. I ask that this may not be about that message that Reuben preached, no. But this may be about that time that God spoke to people's hearts. That this may be a catalyst in people's lives, God. And I pray that you help Rolando come to terms with the fact that I am the better looking brother and mom's favorite child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. That's a, okay, apparently I'm alone. I'm used to it. Um, nobody, nobody? Loners? No, okay, um, that's okay. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up and, and what that meant was is I also didn't see a lot of other people's families. What I knew was just my family. So for a long time, I didn't know that my family was weird. By weird, I mean close. 
But by close, I mean like we're really physically affectionate. We're four dudes and we're really mushy for no reason. Like, we can't go five minutes without being around each other, without some form of physical touch happening. It just, I, I still have yet to see a family that greets each other with massages. Like, it's just like, hey, what's up, bro? Whoa, you look tense. I, like, that's what we do. I don't know why. It's just, we're close like that. One time, I was at my brother Foe's friend's house. His friend's name was Chris. Chris, his girlfriend, and his cousin were there. And she looked at us, and she goes, well, you guys are really close. And we looked at each other. We were like, yeah, it's a seven-year difference, but we managed to keep that bond there. And she clarified, and she goes like, no, you guys are all up on top of each other. Like, I'm nestled into Foe's armpit, his arms around me, our knees are touching. And like, Chris and, his, and Chris's girlfriend aren't even sitting that close together. Like, this is how close we are. And that closeness, it transcends in, into every part of our lives. One of those, those areas is in the way we share with each other. As long as my brothers have been in the house, I have never run out of uh, socks and t-shirts. I know th those of you who know for like, how do you fit in false t-shirts? You make it happen on laundry day. You make it happen. We share everything. And where it gets bad <clears throat> is uh, when we go out to eat. Does, does anybody have a pet peeve when people eat off your plate? Like, uh, yeah, there's a couple people. Don't go out to eat with us. <laughs> we're animals like <laughs> just watching us like your skin will crawl like the second the waitress puts the plate on the on the table it's just a free-for-all yeah. I'm in Rolando's plate uh, Ro is in Fo's plate and then Fo's in Raul's plate like we're all up in each other's plates and my mother's the worst because she won't even order anything <laughs> she'll just take one of those little side plates she'll go up to me she'll make a little dish she'll go up to Ro She'll take a little bit. By the end of the, her, her making her round, she has an amazing meal that I wish was on the menu. I think I know where we get it from. But, but this level of sharing, this level of intimacy, it's natural. I don't know where we got it from. I don't know who taught it, especially I'm the youngest child. So like I was just born into it. I was just like, oh snap. Okay, we just take things from each other. We don't ask. <laughs> um, Foe went six months without a t-shirt that it was one of his favorite t-shirts. Uh, he went to our oldest brother, Raul, he was like, hey, have you seen it? No. Six months later, he saw Raul with it on Instagram. That's just our lifestyle. He was like, nah, I borrowed things. Without... That's, that's, that's our nature. And in the same way that that's our nature, we just this is just in our DNA. I read this text. I read Corinthians and I'm like, this seems like it was their DNA Paul, I believe it was Paul who wrote this he, he's, he's writing to the Corinthians and he's saying hey, I just saw Mas the churches of Macedonia and like they're giving I need to share with you the nature of their giving and in the same way Paul shared the nature of their giving to the church of Corinth I would like to share the nature of, of their giving to you guys. I fully believe that this can be our DNA. I, I, want, I want future generations of uh, Kuhawians, that's what I call the church goers here, uh, to just be like, no, like this is, this is what I was born into. Like my mom did it, uh, the church members. I just, I just saw this. This was the DNA here. In the same way that love is our DNA, I believe that the moment you step through those doors, you know this is a loving church. I want you to know that this is a generous. I want people to know that this is a generous 
church. And, and I want to give a quick primer or disclaimer on what I mean when I say generosity or what I'm talking about. We're going to come back to it, but I, I want to talk to you. When I say generosity, there are three areas specifically that you can be generous in. And so the three areas are our time, say it with me, our time, our talent, and our treasures. This is, this is some great, so they put something extra in that coffee place. I'm getting some awesome feedback. Our time, our talent, our treasures. I'm going to come back to this, but I want this to marinate. Just like soak it in, digest it. Our time, our talent, our treasures. When I'm talking about generosity, I feel like sometimes it, 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 you, you think generosity and you think I have to give money. I, don't, I think it's more than that. I think there, there's better things actually that you can give. I, I think your time, your talent, and your treasures. And we're going to come back to this. But, but I also feel like when it comes to the, a part of this being our DNA, there are some practical things that we see in the Bible. Especially in the, that text of, uh, of, about the church of Macedonia. That, that we can apply to our lives that make it just a little bit easier to, to open our hearts to this lifestyle of generosity. And so, so we, we start at the beginning of 2 Corinthians 8 verses 1 through 2. He says, we want you to know about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. It, it's crazy to me, and I'm bad at math anyway, but, but it's crazy to me that Paul writes, it, the way he says it, he says, a test of affliction, times, right, abundance of joy, and, and you add that to extreme poverty, and that equals an overflowing of a wealth wow. of generosity on their part. Wow. I'm like, wait, that doesn't add up. Like, where, how, how can they have a wealth of generosity if they're poor and they're going through a time of affliction and all they are is happiness? Wow. Have you met that person that's just happy for everything? They're like, no, it's bad news. Be upset about it. They're just happy. They, they just added their joy to their extreme poverty. But what did it overflow into? A wealth of generosity. Later on, it says that they begged them. They begged them to serve. Point number one, and we're going to go through these points fairly quickly. I have a lot to unpack. We have a, a big sermon and we have an awesome baby dedication that I want to get to. So, so point number one is this. If you're taking notes, write it. If you're tweeting, hashtag it. Kuhau. Hashtag Ruben is really the good looking brother. <coughs> um, point number one is this. Abundant generosity is greater than abundant possessions. In other words, what you give always that sometimes, always outvalues what you have. Your generosity, always, it will always be worth more than what you have or what you're holding on to. There's, there's never a time when it's not worth more. If you don't believe me, give something. Give a meal that you were going to get yourself to someone else. And watch how it just impacts their life. It will always be worth more. But not only that, generosity doesn't just outvalue money, it outperforms it. Not only does it have more value, but it does more work. And when we look at Luke chapter 6, he says this. He says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Automatic guarantee of a return in your investment. It's, it's going to return to you in full. But wait, there's more. He says it's going to be pressed down, shaken together to what? Can you guys say it with me? Make room for more. 
running over, poured into your lap the amount you give, the amount of your time, the amount of your talent, the amount of treasure that you give will determine the amount that you get back. Your giving is not only worth more, but it does more. Point number two is this. Your generosity leads to residual income. What is residual income? That is the vocabulary word for today. <clears throat> residual income is income that continues to be generated after the initial effort has been expended. Water break. Take your time, preacher. What does that mean, right? What does after the initial effort, passive income, me and Andrew were just talking about passive income. It, it's this. Before Rolando, a long, long time ago, before our pastor was a pastor, he was actually a Christian rapper named 3D Remedy. CDs are still online. <laughs> a popular one. I think his last album was in 2007. Correct me, 2000, 2009. But, so he has not distributed that CD since 2009. He has not promoted it. He does not distribute it. He does not go out and tell people, check out my last album. No. He just, he did a work years ago and he still collects checks from that work He's, he has a passive income he still collects something he still reaps profit off of something that he's done and I'm telling you church that when we give we get back Paul says it he goes it's not so that you're burdened he says you give in your access so that, so that they can give in theirs he says this isn't for you to be burdened why? because he knew he, generosity it leads to it leads to residual income. In Luke, it says it. Not only do you get it back in full, but it makes room. Amen. It makes room for more. Generosity is an investment. You guys, anybody want to be an investor? I wish I knew enough about stocks to be an investor. But generosity is an investment that you don't, you just, you just have to give. You don't have to, it's a guaranteed investment. You're guaranteed to get a return. But not only that, I love knowing that there's a guarantee to my return, but what I love knowing more is that I don't have to invest with my my resources. See, see, in, in that in, in that same text in Corinthians, Paul says this. He says, "For they gave according to their means, so they use their resources." He says, "As I can testify, begging us, right?" And then in verse five, what does he say? How did they give? Not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then by the will of God to us. They gave themselves first to God. They, they withdrew from God's resources. They didn't have much means. Stuff was going down. They had poverty in their lives. But they knew their dad, their father had an endless supply of means. Look at what verse 9 says. He says, for you know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for our sake, he became poor, so that by his poverty, we might become rich. So it's that for our sake, Christ gave. He became poor for our sake, so that we may have some stuff to invest in. He blessed us to be a blessing. Point number three is this. We can give it. We can be generous, because God gifts it. He's gifted it to us. When we, when we give from God's resources, I promise you, church, you'll never run dry. You're not just investing from your means. You, you're, you can withdraw from God's resources. You can withdraw. God can give us time. He can give us that little bit of extra of talent. He can give us that little bit of possessions. 
We, we can withdraw from his resources and invest and get a guaranteed return. So good. I, I, I want to live that life where I, where I know these things that we can give it because God gives it. I, I want to sign up to that. Like, I, I, I want to embark on that journey where we're giving because we know, hey, I know I'm getting back anyway. I know, I know that, that my, my generosity is worth more than anything that I have. But, but, but how? Right? That's the big question. And, and that's what, what I want to, I, I really, really want to preach. How do we give? And, and that's where we come back to this time, talent, treasure thing. It's more than just a catchy phrase. It, it, it means so much. I think a lot of us, we look at these three things and we say, that sounds nice. But I know there's a lot of full-time parents here who got no time. I, I know there's a lot of people who, who, who just don't think they, they have that talent. And I know there's some people, who, when it comes to treasure, it's like, Ugh. But I, I think when we look at the text, we can dispel some of the stigmas of this, that we see when we think of time, talent, treasure. More of the fear. And so, so Matthew, when it comes to time, Matthew says this. He says, then he said to them, so this is Jesus. He's getting ready moments before the cross. Uh, this, this, is, yeah, this is just moments before the cross. And he, he goes up to pray. I think it's the Mount of Gethsemane, if that's the official name. <clears throat> if not, I just changed it. Um, and he just asks his disciples, he says, come pray with me. Come with me. And, and so we pick up here. He says, then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but you will. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? This, this wrecks me. I wanted to switch it up and be like treasure, talent, time, because this, this wrecks me so much. Like, like Jesus, our God, our Savior, moments before the cross, doesn't grab these three guys and go, we need to huddle up, we need to all pray together, we need to all, like, you guys, we need to get hyped up for this. He doesn't, he doesn't ask for anything, he doesn't ask for them to give anything, he doesn't ask for anything but their time. Like, God, before the cross, is just saying, give me an hour. That, 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 that impacts me so much because I think when it comes to time, we undervalue it. We say, like, what, what is my time really going to do for someone? What is my time? Like, what is an hour? What, is, what, what are you going to do with just an hour of me being there? I, I think when it comes to time, we undervalue it. But I'm, I'm here to let you know that do not undervalue your time. Your time can do so much for someone. All someone could need is just your time. It's just an hour. If Jesus Christ is only asking for an hour from his friends, imagine what, what one of your friends could do with some time. Imagine what, what, what that guy down the block that you see all the time could do with just some time of just, just hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to watch with you. I don't have the words to say. I don't have the... I, I can offer some time. What, what is God... How much time is God asking for you, from you? I, I want that to be the question. How much time is God asking from us? I want, I want us to visit that 
in, in, in our daily lives, in our routine, in our commute, how much time is God asking for you? And that's time. We undervalue time, but, but what happens with our talent? Right? Well, okay, so that's time, but what, what happens to our talent? Well, in Romans, this is, this is what we see. Verse 6, it picks up, having gifts that defer according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes, there's a litany of things. In generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. The reason I chose this scripture is because when I, I think when it comes to time, uh, talent, we undervalue ourselves. We say, I'm not good enough. I, I'm, I have a little bit of talent, but... I'm just not good enough. Or I'm even, I'm not talented. But we see this scripture and, and he says we, we have gifts. They defer. So, so just because that person doesn't, your gift is different from someone else's. And you have a gift. Do not sell yourself short, short church. You have a gift. You are talented. People need you. Kuhau needs you. You have a talent. I promise you, you have a talent. It's that thing that you don't let anybody else do because, you know, if they do it, they're not going to do it the way you like it and only you can get it done right. That's your talent. Like, that's that area that you won't let anybody get involved in. It's because you're talented at that. It's that thing that irks you when you go other places. You're like, oh, why, why did they miss this spot? It's that thing. That thing that bugs you is the same thing that tugs you. That was deep right there. <laughs> That's our talent. What talent have you overlooked? What talent have you ignored? Have you said, no, no, I'm not. That's not for me. I think I'm, that, I, I, that's that like, I sing in the shower. I don't sing in public. What talent are you overlooking? And when it comes to our treasure, see, Jesus is, he, he's encountered by this rich young ruler the rich young ruler asks him some questions. He goes, how do I get eternal life? And Jesus is like, keep the commandments. And he's like, I've done that. He goes, well, well, and we pick up here. He says, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor. And you will have, I want us to take note of this. He says, and you will have treasure in heaven. He doesn't say just give and, and you'll be empty. You see how it's, it, he's giving, but there's a promise of a return. He says, and come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, sorrowful, for he had many, for he had great possessions. And see, with time, I think we undervalue the impact it'll have. With talent, I think we undervalue ourselves. But with treasure, I think we overvalue it. Just sometimes. He had great possessions. That's why he didn't want to let them go. Because he had great Possessions, and, and I, I want to be careful. It's not just your physical possessions. There's some things that we hold on to in here. We hold on to pride. I'm, I'm the most prideful person I know. We hold on to arrogance. I'm the most arrogant person I know. And I say that arrogantly. There's nobody more arrogant than I am. I challenge you. We hold on to those things. Think, think like... If he gave up all his possessions, well, he's not rich, and he's not a ruler, and now he's following Jesus. He's just a young follower. 
like like that there's title in that. I know it because I, I, I recently discovered some things about myself like, whoa, Ruben, you you identified by this thing way too much and, and it would it would be the 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 breaking in me. When I would do something and then I would see it put me in a place that didn't align with something that I was holding on to. It would be the cause of anxiety and stress because I was holding on to it. But you know what happens when I let go of arrogance? It's a simple switch. Arrogance, right? I take an I statement. I am the best looking person here. That's an arrogant statement. But if I take that I statement and I turn it into, Andrew, you, you are the best looking person here. I mean that. What I've, I've taken arrogance and I've turned it into encouragement. Wow. I, I've now dispelled any doubt and any fear, any, any thought that Andrew might think that he's an ugly person, even though I don't think I struggle with that at all. Oh, you're closing your eyes. Hey. <laughs> I've turned it into encouragement. What happens when we let go of not only our physical possessions, but when we let go of the things, the Bible also says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What happens if we let go of the things that are in our heart? At Kuha, like, I want you to know, I'm preaching this, but I'm also trying to live it with you guys. I'm on this journey with you. Kuha is on this journey with you. We have a lot of new faces. I'm, our members, can you agree? Like, we're all on this journey. You're not alone. At Kuha, we're constantly looking at our time. We're always looking at our talent. We're always looking at our treasure. Just recently, we gave our time to a basketball tournament. None of the people that were there had any business coaching. Maybe Frank. But we said, hey, we have some time. As a matter of fact, we'll make time to be there for these youths. And the impact that it had, it had more of an impact, I think, on us than it did them. Just to be there, just to see my my oldest brother, uh, Rolando spoke about it briefly. He said, just in his element. We, we, We look at our talent. You'll never know this because they're so humble about it. But our worship team spent, I think, the last month every week going to another church offering up their our, our worship team is awesome by the way offering up their talent just going in Sunday and I, I think that meant a second rehearsal and then they had they did a morning and then an afternoon service and I think well between you and me I think that's just preparing us for where we're going portable church <laughs> but they did two back-to-back services for a month straight why because we had this talent and we saw a need. The church, they didn't have a worship team for that month. So we said, hey, we have this talent that we can give. Our possessions, Kuha has been expanding. We've been getting blessed. And we said, hey, we're blessed to be a blessing. So we looked at a, a, a small church that's in the home. And we know what that was like to be in the home. Yes. And we said, hey, we've been blessed with some stuff. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to bless you guys. We're not going to hold on to this, this treasure. We're, we're going to be blessed to be a blessing. We're committed to that. And a part of that journey has led to this thing called helping hand. 
helping hand is is a part of is really our dedication to the community. We're we're not content to see people go without, but when we have the ability to change that, we we we, we can't stand by and do nothing. And so we we, we do a couple things. We we sponsor uh, a, a missionary. We sponsor some children. And, and, and Kuhau is appointed who. I think the perfect person to lead this. I, I think she is without a doubt the most caring. When I think generosity, I think Fran Murray. Yes. I, I just do. So, so in, a, in a few moments, I'm going to introduce Fran. She's very nervous, so be very encouraging, guys. I, 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 I can't articulate enough. She, she's going to tell us just a little bit more about what Helping Hand is in just a few moments. And, and so, actually right now, can you all just help me welcome friend Maria? Thank you, Ruben. I love you too. Hi, everybody. Um, okay, Helping Hand, what is it? Uh, Helping Hand is a ministry that was created by the Holy Spirit, not by me. Um, right, Ruby? And um, when, I don't know about you guys, but when the Holy Spirit speaks, I have to listen. Amen. You have to listen. You have to listen to what he's telling you. You have to listen to what the community is telling you. You have to listen to what your church family is telling you. And um, there was a point in October that, uh, and you're going to hear this testimony actually in a little while. Uh, it's a beautiful testimony, and I, I give them a lot of credit for being so brave to come forward and admit um, you know, that they needed help. And so Helping Hand was, was developed with a need from a, a church member, a family. And um, you know, at, at that time, I, uh, my, my husband and I and my, my children, we met that need, but it's not enough. It's not enough for one person to say, I can do this right now, but what happens after that? What happens when um, they close their door, where we close our door? Who's there to help? Who's there to say, well, okay, what comes next? So uh, it was bothering me, and the Holy Spirit ministered to me a lot about it. And, and what basically he said was, we have to do it. The church has to do it. You have to do it. You can't just sit by and say, um, okay, the next person's going to do it. You have to do it. This church, we are so blessed because when I took this to um, Pastor Orlando and Pastor Lisa, and I said, um, you know, there is a need. And I believe that this church can start helping in that, with that need. The Holy Spirit has told me that we need to do it. We need to meet that need. And also... Uh, in that same time frame, and I think before I brought it to, to Pastor Rowan, Pastor Lisa, the Holy Spirit told me, he gave me the five loaves, two fish, and that's where that logo comes from. Uh, and he kept telling me, and kept telling me, so I read them, and I read them in all four books of the, of the Gospels. And in the first three books, the, um, the apostles, the, the disciples, went to Jesus and said, look, these people have to eat and they, uh, we're going to send them into town, and we're going to let them just go and eat. And Jesus said to them, no, you'll do it. You do it. 
So I, at that point, and then in, in the fourth in, in, um, in John, Jesus actually made sure that, um, that the apostles had the food to give to the people. He didn't let somebody else do it. He took care of it himself. So when you think about that, what is he telling us? He's saying, we have to do it. We are the church. How can we preach, pray, minister, fellowship, and not make sure that our other needs are met? So it's not enough to just say, um, you know, okay, we're spiritually okay. Okay, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next Sunday. What happens in between? What happens to these people that we say we love, and we do very much, what happens to them during that time? And we need to make sure that it's that those needs are met. So how do we do that? Um, through the generosity of this church and the generosity of all of you, because at times we have taken collections and um, and helped uh, at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. But what what we do on a on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, is and this is this is why we need to say this today because nobody really knows it exists and. What we will do if someone has a need in their family, um, you know, everybody lives paycheck to paycheck. I know a lot of us do, and um, sometimes you just need a little bit extra. Sometimes you just need to make it two more days, just two more days, so I can feed my family, Lord. You know, and what Helping Hand does is um, it provides uh, that need. So by way of supermarket gift card, we will. Uh, It'll allow you to go to the store, meet that need, you know, buy food for your family, um, take care of that immediate thing. You know, at this point, can we do any more than that? No, but, and I say but because I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I believe that he is going to take helping hands so far. I believe that he is going to meet the needs not only of this church, but of this community. We also have partners, so we don't just leave you stranded and say, okay, you know, here's a gift card and, you know, go on your merry way. We have, <laughs> we have partners, and they are um, the Salvation Army, who has been extremely generous. We have a Christian Pentecostal Church. They have a food pantry, and also extremely generous. They've helped a few families in, the, in, in this church. And um, someone who uh, we actually partnered with a little bit and did some did some uh, work with uh, is Community Health Action of Staten Island, another food pantry. So, you know, it's not just, we don't want to just say, okay, here's your gift cards, see ya, have a good day. We want to keep in touch with you, we want to help you. If we can uh, point you in a different direction, we want to do that too. Um, if there's anybody who has a need, there are brochures um, in the back. They've been, they were in the bulletins as well. There's a, um, there's a, a Gmail that you can send to me if you need some help, uh, or you want to get involved. You want to give some, you know, you have some resources or information. That would also be great. But right now, what I want you to see is a beautiful testimony from the people who inspired. Um, nudged and um, really uh, had the Holy Spirit just minister to me and um, you are going to see a, a video right now that um, okay. thank you
I'm Odin. This is Cass. We're the Rodriguez family. We've been going to Kuhau now for the past three years. And it's our home. And recently we had a couple instances where we needed that little extra helping hand. Yeah. <laughs> so like you said, we're Odin and Cassandra. Um, we recently had an um, income issue where uh, my job, of course, you know, things happen at work. Um, money wasn't coming through for, for a month, and this was around the holidays. So, you know, the stress of holidays, the kids, Christmas, uh, food on the table. My main thing was food on the table. The gifts can wait. There's always a three days day, you know? <laughs> so, um, getting food in the house was stressful. Odin and I we both, you know, basically live check by check by every average American out there. Um, and we rely on both our incomes. The fact that my income wasn't coming in for the month of December due to whatever issue at work, um, it put a lot of stress on my shoulders. A lot of stress. I, my anxiety was through the roof. Um, I didn't know how I was going to feed my kids day to day. I was going to get snacked because I do have an allergic kid that's allergic to everything. Um, you know, so his diet's, it's difficult to, to meet his needs, you know, when you're not, when you have no income in the house. Um, speaking to one of the sisters in the, in the church, um, Sister Friend, who is the founder of the Hands, uh, she was the one who was able to relieve some of the stress through her program that she started, um, helping kids. Oh, me being so prideful, you know, not wanting to speak to people about my personal business, um, I declined Miss Sister Friend's offer of help. She's very stubborn, <laughs> so you know, um, I had no choice but to take it, and I'm very grateful that I did um, because my family would have suffered if we didn't, you know, take the opportunity or, or the offer of her help. Helping hands has helped us out tremendously. People ask all the time when we came here to you know, making sure that the, the kids' needs were met. You know, that they, they need food every day, they need to eat. You know, and this program really pulled me for some time. Even as recently as last month, we actually had to utilize Helping Hands again, and we were able to contact um, this friend. Can we just, Odin and Cassandra, they were, I mean, extremely open about sharing that story. Can we just give an amazing applause? Thank you. It's, it's stories like this, testimonies like this, change and impact like this that, that, that motivate us as a church. That's, we want to be the giving church. We want people to walk in here like, you know, I don't really know about churches, but one thing I know about these people is, man, they are generous. They are giving. Like, could you have a whole month not knowing what you're going to do? We were able to step in and say, hey, here's a helping hand. I, I want to be that church. We, we use the story of Jesus 
five loaves, two fish, and 5,000 people, especially because this. I take that story and I go, wow. That's all they were. There were 5,000 people. The disciples, they said, here, here's what we got. We got five loaves, we got two fish. How are we going to do this, Jesus? And Jesus is like, by me being Jesus. I don't know if that's the exact fact, but. And you know what that, how that story ends? It said, everybody ate until they were satisfied. And they went home with leftovers. I'm going to close with this. Watch the big things that God does with your little things. You say, I only got 15 minutes of time, Reuben. Give him 15 minutes of time and watch how impactful those 15 minutes are. I'm not that good. I'm a little bit good with kids. We have a woman who was a little bit good with kids who was just the kids watcher when we were in the house. Now she's the children's director. She, it blows my mind what these kids are learning. I'm pretty sure most of them more, know more theolo- theology than I do. It blows my mind. Give God your little bit of talent. Give God your treasure. Okay, I got an old shirt in my closet that I promised myself I was going to fit into by the summer, but it didn't work out that way. Give God that. Give God your five loaves and your two fish. Give him the little things and watch what big things he will do. I want us to be that church that, that is saying, hey, I'm giving myself first to God. I got this. In, in a time of poverty, in a time of affliction, it doesn't matter what time, what I'm doing is I'm, 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 I'm giving an abundance of joy and I'm letting it pour out in a wealth of generosity because I'm giving first to God and I know He is my provider. I want us to think about that church.